leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Recent mumps outbreaks are raising questions about strategies to combat the spread of the virus. One issue of concern is that the current vaccine is designed to protect against a different strain of the virus than the one that is sparking the outbreaks. Though the vaccine can help prevent some people from getting the disease or minimize its effects, the outbreaks have raised questions about whether a new vaccine is needed. We spoke to Stanley Plotkin an expert on vaccines and a member of the editorial board of the Journal of Clinical and Vaccine Immunology about what's driving the outbreak, whether boosters can adequately address the problem, and why developing a new vaccine is not an easy solution to the problem. Stan, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. We're going to talk about an outbreak of mumps, why part of the problem may be the existing vaccine we're using and whether we need a new vaccine. I'd like to start with mumps itself, which may be outside the experience of most of our listeners. Can you remind them what mumps is, how it's contracted, and what the effects are? Uh, Mumps is a viral infection that's transmitted from person to person, uh, usually by uh, respiratory secretions. And uh, it causes swelling of the salivary glands as the most common phenomenon. Uh, So uh, people look like uh, chipmunks, but it's quite painful also. Uh, And uh, But in in addition, there can be um, more systemic effects, in particular uh, swelling of the testes and even uh, sterility as a result. Uh, but it can cause, uh, rarely it can cause some other things as well. How concerned should people be about mumps and the potential for more serious complications? Well, I, 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 I think they should be concerned. I mean, that's why the vaccine was developed in the first place, uh, to prevent those complications. And um, it, it certainly did so originally. Uh, however, there uh, is a uh, problem with the vaccine, which uh, I can tell you about. Well, let me ask you, we've periodically seen outbreaks where there are spikes in the number of cases. There, there's been an outbreak recently in several states and on college campuses. Can you put that in perspective as how big an outbreak it is compared to what we've seen in recent years? Well, there's definitely more mumps. Uh, this year uh, than in the past, 
viral infections tend to be somewhat uh, cyclical, so that um, every few years they may flare up. What is uh, particular about this is that when mumps vaccine was introduced, um, that was, um, as I recall, back in the in the uh, 60s, uh, it really controlled mumps quite well and was highly uh, effective. Uh, and it has continued to control mumps for the most part. However, uh, the problem is that immunity to the vaccine does not last as long as, for example, immunity to measles and uh, rubella, which are the other two components of the so-called MMR vaccine. So at this point, when, uh, when um, young men in particular, but also women, uh, when they get together as adolescents or older uh, adolescents in groups like uh, at colleges uh, and are exposed to mumps, let's say someone uh, comes in with a case of mumps, uh, it tends to, uh, to spread in those uh, uh, relatively closed uh, quarters and therefore to cause a significant problem. Uh, now, I should say that the disease tends to be milder uh, even when it occurs in vaccinated people, but nevertheless, it's something we would like to prevent. So in the case of people who have been vaccinated and are contracting the disease, what's going on? Uh, what's going on is that the immune response that they originally had to the vaccine has uh, dissipated uh, and therefore they are no longer protected. Now again, that's not everybody, but some people uh, lose their immunity. So I, I take it part of the problem though is that the mumps, the mumps cases we're seeing are type G mumps and that the vaccine was built oh, around well, type A? Well, if you want to get into the technicalities of the matter, so there are really two um, two issues. One is that, in general, the uh, antibody titers uh, fall. Uh, so uh, now that, that's not completely surprising, but uh, apparently uh, some people uh, do lose antibody, uh, which protects them in the, in the past. In addition, there has been an epidemiological change, and that is that the original mumps strain that was used to make the vaccine is no longer circulating, but other strains that are genetically different uh, from uh, the original um, uh, vaccine strain are circulating. And the antibody responses to those circulating strains are not as strong as to the uh, strain that was present when the vaccine was first developed. So that, uh, that people who, I suppose you could say, are, are probably still protected against the original viruses circulating in the last century uh, no longer have that protection uh, 
when the antibody drops. So can the problem be addressed through boosters, or is that at all an effective approach? Well, <laughs> that is very much under discussion uh, at the uh, Centers for Disease Control. And uh, indeed, um, in many of the outbreaks, a third dose of MMR has been given, and it appears that that works. Uh, I haven't seen uh, definitive data to show that, uh, that the vaccine, the third dose, is responsible for control, but very likely uh, it does help. Uh, whether uh, we need a new type of booster vaccine is something that I'm quite interested in and which is under discussion, but no decision has yet been taken. Well, in 2013, you wrote a commentary in the Pediatric Infectious Disease Journal about why a new mumps vaccine is needed. This was four years ago. Do you still believe that's the case? You know, I, I, I think ideally uh, a stronger, if, if that's the right word, a stronger mumps vaccine would be desirable. But uh, one has to recognize the, the difficulties, the practical difficulties of developing a new vaccine for, for infants. And that would take uh, a lot of resources uh, and, uh, uh, and uh, also one would have to be sure of, of a science, that is to say, to develop a vaccine which is completely safe, uh, as the current vaccine is. Uh, so my, my current view is more that what we need is a new type of booster vaccine. And I have some thoughts about that, which, uh, which um, will be discussed. Uh, at a um, a meeting of what is called the Mumps Working Group, uh, organized by CDC. So forgive me, um, uh, when you say a new kind of booster, are there different types of boosters, or is a booster usually just delivering another dose of the same vaccine? Well, it would not be the same vaccine. I have some thoughts about uh, developing a specific booster vaccine, uh, not not the original one. So is the challenge, you speak of the challenge of developing a new mumps vaccine, is that a scientific challenge or is it an economic challenge? You know, I think it's both because certainly it's an economic challenge. Um, but from a scientific point of view, uh, one has to be certain of what um, attenuates a mumps virus, what weakens mumps virus, and uh, it converts it into a vaccine. And I would um, say that our our knowledge in that area is not complete, and therefore there would have to be a, a good amount of research uh, to uh, uh, to discover the rules of attenuation. I do not think it's impossible. But uh, it is not something that would be readily accomplished uh, in a short period of time. The other problem, I imagine, is getting a pharmaceutical company to take on the, the financial risk of doing this. 
yes, you're you're right. Uh, uh, companies, and rightly so, uh, see other problems as not only being more uh, remunerative, but also more important uh, from the public health point of view. Because again, I want to stress that you know we're not looking at a disaster here. But we are looking at something that needs improvement. Is there something that would incentivize a, a pharmaceutical company to take on a project like this? I, I think if uh, if CDC were to indicate that they would like to see uh, uh, um, solutions, additional solutions to the problem, I think that would weigh heavily with pharmaceutical companies. I mean, they uh, certainly look to CDC for um, recommendations about what, what to do. We've had a disturbing uh, set of incidences around vaccines recently from so-called vaccine deniers. Uh, I think we, we saw an outbreak of measles that was worsened by, by that recently. Is there a concern that an event like this where people are using a vaccine and, and not getting a, a full response to it, is that a concern that that might strengthen the anti-vaccine case? Well, in a way, but again, I have to repeat that it's not that the vaccine doesn't work. It's that it doesn't work long enough in everybody. So uh, that it protects against months uh, uh, certainly for um, uh, in children and um, and into adolescence is beyond question. Uh, will it contribute to vaccine opposition? Well, if if there's anything that is epidemic, it's stu it's uh, stupidity, and um, probably uh, yes, uh, it it will uh, contribute to some extent to opposition to vaccines. But, you know, I, I take a philosophical view about that, uh, uh, which is basically that um, people adopt views which have no basis in fact, but it appeals to them emotionally. And there's not much you can do about that. <laughs> Unfortunately, it affects other people. We're dealing with a, a president today who suggested vaccines cause autism. Uh, he's calling for big cuts to the NIH budget. Is there a concern that we're at a point in time where vaccines are at, at risk of having a significant setback? Well, um, that, of course, is a very pertinent question, and I could only uh, only guess i i think the um the uh, uh obamacare act contained considerable monies for support of vaccination uh, i am not clear as to whether the proposed replacements would have uh, continued that support um the um uh, the CDC, of course, is, is central in supporting vaccination for uh, children whose families can't afford the, the vaccines. And um, 
if CDC's budget is cut, uh, that would be uh, tremendously harmful to protection of uh, uh, of children uh, and to some extent adults. Of course, research on new vaccines is conducted by NIH, among others, and obviously cutting support there is going to mean that there will be uh, fewer uh, new vaccines. Um, I, I would just like to uh, gr grind an axe, actually, in, in that regard, concerning uh, the human papillomavirus vaccine. Uh, this is a vaccine that is actually preventing cancer. I mean, it's, it's already had a, a public health effect on reducing cervical cancers and uh, also uh, potentially now uh, reducing uh, cancers in, in, in males as well. Uh, and uh, if, if one were to reduce the use of, of that vaccine, because there wouldn't be money to afford vaccination, I mean, that, that's going to end up killing people. So, you know, we're, we're talking about serious stuff here, just cutting, cutting budgets left and right um, have, has a nefarious effects on health. If we were to move ahead with a new booster strategy or, or the development of a new mumps vaccine, who would be moving that forward? Would it be CDC? Would it be NIH? What will it take to address the, the problem we're seeing? Well, I think the, the, the first step, and again, I, you know, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but CDC has to make a recommendation, whatever it is, to deal with the a problem of, of waning immunity to mumps vaccine. And if that uh, advice means the development of a new biological. Um, uh, it, 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 of course, devolves on the, um, uh, the vaccine industry. Now, I do want to point out that the industry it has contracted, but is, is growing. By contracted, I mean that there are now only four major international manufacturers um, uh, in Europe and the United States. So that has been a major contraction. On the other hand, there are now growing numbers of manufacturers in uh, developing countries, and they have lower expenses and therefore are um, more able to develop vaccines that may not be um, very uh, uh, profitable. Uh, so I'm not entirely optimistic, uh, pessimistic, sorry, I'm not entirely pessimistic that there wouldn't be a manufacturer to, to take up uh, the task if CDC does make a recommendation. Stan Plotkin, Emeritus Professor of the University of Pennsylvania and Adjunct Professor of the Johns Hopkins University. He's also a member of the editorial board of the Journal of Clinical and Vaccine Immunology. Stan, thanks so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. 
To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.